Okay, we're going to continue in our series about discovering joy, um, understanding God's grace. And today's topic is, a, is one we don't usually think of when we do a series on grace. We think about how great grace affects us. But today we're going to talk about how God's grace to us affects other people. And we're calling it offering grace. Now, I asked the first service, uh, I want to ask for responses in this service, but what has been the most difficult thing about the last year and a half being since COVID struck? And I got answers like the fear that seems to have gripped people and the isolation. And uh, somebody said, uh, uh, why God has allowed this has been difficult. Well, for me, it's been, and this might seem a little odd or strange, um, this part of offering grace. So we're going to talk about forgiveness. I've been struggling with forgiveness in this past year and a half. And um, so, um, we are told to pass on what God has given to us, whatever it might be. Financial resources, pass them on. Uh, talents God's given us, pass it on. Teach other people. Uh, mentor or uh, share with other people. And of course, God's grace to us, we've been talking about four or five weeks now, uh, We've received it. God asks us to pass it on. And quick verse, Jesus said this, Give as freely as you have received. How did you and, all, uh, you and I receive God's grace? <laughs> completely free. That's part of the definition of grace. It comes to us completely free. So God's gift of forgiveness and all involved in grace that comes to us, we are to offer it to other people. But that gets a little difficult and confusing, especially um, in our culture. In our headlines, we hear forgiveness on one extreme, like everybody should forgive everybody of everything. <laughs> like nobody can feel guilty about anything, uh, which is crazy. Uh, that's not what forgiveness is about. And on the other hand, people are being taught we, sh we should be apologizing for things people did 100 years ago. Uh, I'm a white person. The white people person did 100 years ago. That's not what forgiveness is. So, to kind of figure out where you are on this forgiveness topic, I put on the outline kind of a little questionnaire or qu quiz. People don't like the word quiz. <laughs> so these are true and false, and you can just kind of register them in your head how many trues and falses you have as we go through here. All right. So, first question: True or false? A person should not be forgiven until they ask for it. I'm waiting, I'm waiting. You don't have to answer out loud. You might be tr telling people, other people the wrong answer. You ever do that? Secondly, forgiving includes minimizing the offense and the pain cause. That's no big deal. I forgive, it's no big deal. It might have been a big deal, but you're going to say it's no big deal. True or false? True or false, forgiveness includes restoring trust and reuniting a relationship. Well, if I forgive you, I've got to let you back into my life. Uh, true or false? You haven't really forgiven until you've forgotten the offense. Well, I haven't forgotten you. I guess I haven't forgiven them. And lastly, when I see someone hurt, it is my duty, my responsibility to forgive the offender. Even though this person hurts you, I'm going to forgive them. All right. True or false? Now, uh, some of you said the first one was false. Actually, according to Scripture, I believe all five of these are false. And if you don't agree with me, we'll talk about it for the next half hour or so and see, see uh, uh, 
if I quote unquote change your mind or not. So first before we talk about what forgiveness is, I want to talk about what forgiveness isn't. Because again, there's a lot of confusion about forgiveness. <clears throat> so first off, forgiveness is not what forgiveness is not. It isn't, excuse me, conditional, which means it's what? Unconditional. All right, good. We got that right. So you and I often when we offer forgiveness to somebody, it has an if on it. You know, I'll forgive you if you promise not to do it again. Or I'll forgiveness if you, you know, change. Or I'll forgive you if you do something for me. That's not forgiveness. Anytime you put a condition on forgiveness, it is, comes bargaining. Now, this is the bargain. I will do this if you do that. True forgiveness is completely unconditional. Jesus is die, hanging there on the cross. He's dying. And he has a prayer about forgiveness, right? Most of you remember that? Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And they didn't. They didn't realize they were killing the Messiah, Son of God. <clears throat> Did anybody ask that he they be forgiven? No, they were still happy that he was dying. Uh, did he say, well, for, Father, forgive them if they change their, 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 their attitude, they change their minds? No, no, no. It was completely unconditional. So genuine uh, Christian forgiveness is unconditional. Secondly, what it is not. It isn't minimizing the seriousness of the offense. It's not saying, that's no big deal. I forgive you, it's no big deal. When it was a big deal. That's silly, right? If it's worth, if it's hurt you enough that it's worth you and I having to forgive someone, then it certainly is serious. Uh, In fact, think about this way. Somebody, you know, kills your spouse or kidnaps and rapes your daughter, all right? <laughs> to just say, oh, it's no big deal, I forgive you, that's insanity. That's not forgiveness. Now, we have to understand there's a difference between being wronged and being wounded. <clears throat> uh, we get wounded all the time. People say things, I know it, sometimes my wife and I, and our, we'll say something that's completely you know, non-offensive, and the other person gets offended because they took it the, the wrong way. We intended it one way, and they took it the other, point, other way. All right. That's, that, that's a mistake. That's an accident. That, that, that doesn't deserve forgiveness. It's just, uh, on one hand, it does. I, I forgive myself or ask forgiveness for misinterpreting what's said. But that, what was said does not need to be forgiven. It was, it was uh, an accident. It was, we were... Uh, uh, wounded. I'll give you a, a, a practical illustration. Uh, most of you know I'm a runner. I'm training for actually an ultra marathon, so I'm running quite a bit. So this past week we were in, at the ocean, so I'm running on flat land. <laughs> All right, so I ran yesterday in the mountains where I usually run, and I thought in the back of my mind, I'm not used to picking my feet up very high because you don't have to running on the flat land. So I'm running for about two miles in, and I fall. I don't know if you can see this red spot on my elbow. Everybody see that? That's the result of that, of that fall. Now, it's ridiculous for me to say, Rock, I forgive you for tripping me. All right? It wasn't Rock's fault, was it? It wasn't intending to trip me. And so when people, you know, 
wound us unintentionally, doesn't need forgiveness. Now, when we are wrong, when somebody deliberately hurts us and says something unkind to us or does something unkind to us, that deserves forgiveness. So it doesn't minimize it just because we forgive it. Um, Think about this way. You may not like my shirt. It may offend your fashion style, okay? All right. You don't need to I, forgive me, right, for wearing this shirt. You just need to accept my fashion statement, or lack thereof in this case, all right? So when we are wounded, <clears throat> it only requires acceptance. When we are wronged, yes, we need forgiveness. But we doesn't minimize it when we offer it. Uh, thirdly, forgiveness is not what forgiveness isn't is isn't a resuming the relationship without change. All right, I can forgive you, but that doesn't mean we're still going to be friends. Uh, how do you restore a relationship? Well, three ingredients are required to restore a relationship. Uh, see, forgiveness is instantaneous; should be instantaneous. Uh, restoring relationship takes time. There's things. Things required. For example, there should be true repentance. Now, I forgive you if you repent or not. But if you want to be continue a relationship or renew a relationship with me, I'm going to expect true repentance out of you. That I'm so, that you're sorry. Now, we've all been in a relationship with a person says, "Oh, I'm sorry," and you know they don't mean it, right? So, true repentance is part of restoring relationship. The second thing is if 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 possible, restitution. If you steal from me, for example, part of restoring that relationship is return what you've stolen from me. I'll forgive you if I never get it back, but I'll expect you to, for, to return it if you expect our relationship to continue. And of course, ultimately, we're talking about rebuilding trust. Trust has to be earned. And so when you lose trust, it takes time to build trust. And when you start a relationship, you gradually, you don't trust somebody completely automatically when you first meet them. So, for example, if you've been in an abusive relationship, and maybe it's going on for a while, a spouse, uh, whatever it might be, and then they come to you and ask you to forgive them. Well, you should have forgave them anyway, but if they ask for your forgiveness, we'll say, fine. They say, hey, well, let me come back home. We say, whoa, whoa, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> uh, judge their true, true repentance, uh, in this case, I don't know if there's any restitution, but you say, no, no, you're going to have to prove yourself. You're going to have to rebuild my trust. So forgiveness and rebuilding trust are two different things. Another thing that forgiveness isn't, it's not forgetting what happens. We have this expression, right? Forgive and forget. Well, it's a cute little expression, but, well, in fact, you can't do it. Can you? In fact, the worse the thing that happened to you, the harder it is to forget. And I'm probably bringing up things while I'm talking about it. You're thinking about things that times you've been really hurt and wounded. You haven't forgotten it. Hopefully you've forgiven it. Uh, we'll talk about that uh, later on in the message. But <clears throat> In fact, the harder you try to forget something, can you forget it? I'm not going to forget this. I'm not going to forget this. I'm not going to. I'm going to forget this. You don't forget things you focus on. 
So if I'm focused on trying to forgive it, I'm not going to forgive it. The only way to forget it is to replace it by think about something else. But ultimately, there's something better than forgetting. And that's remembering and then being free from the hurt and the pain. Because then what happens? I say, thank you, God, that you've healed me. So God gets the praise for that. If I just forget it, it's forgotten. So especially if it's something that's been really painful in your life, you're not going to forget it. But that's okay. That isn't about forgiveness. Uh, We have a verse that we quote quite flippantly, but it's a good verse. Romans 8, 28. For all things work together for good. So you can think back to those painful things, and when you get to the place where you can look back and say, God worked good from that. I'll give you an illustration. Most of you have heard this. Back in our 13th year of marriage, my wife and I were struggling. And it was especially a hard struggle because we were missionaries, foreign, international missionaries at the time. And we're back home in the United States on furlough, and we just didn't like it. And there wasn't other people involved, but we just didn't like each other. And uh, the stress of being overseas and having four kids, two small ones, uh, was taking its toll on us. So what did we do? Well, we went to counseling. So if any of you are struggling in your relationship, get counseling. So did several things. Of course, it healed our marriage, but we can also go back and look at that. We learn things that we can share with other people that are struggling in their marriage. So that's a good thing that that came from that. And so now we have a strong, healthy uh, relationship. But it was hell when we were going through it, just to be honest with you. So we're never going to forget that, but that's fine. In fact, we can just be more, we can be happier about how happy we are now because we realized how miserable we were then. Does that make sense? (laughs) Hopefully it does. All right. What else is forgiveness? What is forgiveness isn't? It isn't my right when I wasn't the one wrong. This is what drives me crazy in our culture. Uh, People go around forgiving people that hurt other people when they weren't even involved in it. Well, that doesn't even make sense. The only person that that needs to be forgiven is the person that's involved, the victim, if you will. For example, years ago there was a, well, it's happened more than once, uh, somebody went into a school and just killed some of the students. Well, this one school, some of the students, the next day, put up a banner, Jimmy, Johnny, whatever his name was, we forgive you. Now, that was good intention. But did they have any responsibility or right to do that? What about the parents that just lost their kids? What about a sibling just lost a sibling? They're the ones that need to make the decision to forgive or not. Give you a more absurd illustration. Uh, the Nazi, Hitler and the Nazis killed, we don't know for sure, maybe 7 million Jews uh, in World War II. Is it my right to, hey, Hitler, you and your Nazi buddies, I forgive you. I have no right to do that. Now, if I had a family member that was killed by them, for example, Corey Tenboon, she has forgiven those, those folks that killed her sister and her parents. She can do that. I, that's not my responsibility. You know how crazy this is? We wouldn't need jails, would we? We just run around forgiving everybody for everything. Oh, you don't need to go to jail. Um, 
the other side of this is there are consequences. Forgiveness doesn't remove consequences. <clears throat> this guy that killed these students went to jail. And maybe in jail they found Jesus and truly became a believer. They didn't let him out of jail just because he became a Jesus follower. Um, <clears throat> a lady that uh, gets pregnant on, and she's on track, uh, crack and she has a crack baby that's addicted to crack. And, you know, she becomes a Jesus follower and asks God to forgive her, but that doesn't mean that the baby still does, doesn't have a drug problem. Or somebody has, uh, you've suffered from abuse from somebody. And maybe you're no longer in that relationship. And uh, they come back and ask forgiveness. Well, it hasn't removed all the, the consequences and the results, the pain and the uh, difficulties that you had in life because of that abuse. So it's not when you're not the one that's wrong. So what is genuine forgiveness? Let's spend some time talking about that. Uh, what is genuine forgiveness? Christian forgiveness. Remembering how much I've been given. In this case, forgiven, right? Uh, reading from Ephesians, this is a, a book that Paul wrote to a church, <clears throat> a letter, we call it a book. <clears throat> Ephesians chapter 4. Be kind to each other, tender hearted, forgiving one another. So, we are to forgive one another. Just as, how, we are, how, are we, how are we to do this? Just as God through Christ has forgiven you. So how has God through Christ forgiven me? He's completely forgiven me for everything. As amazing as that is and hard to understand that he would do that, but he has. In Christ, I'm completely, totally, 100% forgiven. Did I deserve it? Did I earn it? No, 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 no. It was his love gift to me when I accepted his son Jesus. So that's how I got it. So I am to give it that same way. Right? Unconditional, complete. Think about this way. If you struggle with that, the more you feel forgiven, the easier it is for you to forgive. Jesus told this, uh, this, this story out of the life of Jesus. He's uh, at, at dinner with some Pharisees, some religious leaders. And when he comes in, they don't like Jesus very much. So they don't treat him very well. They don't give him a kiss of greeting. They don't wash his feet. They don't anoint his head with oil. And he comes in and sits down. So after a while, this immoral woman comes in. We would say a prostitute, right? She comes in. She kisses Jesus. She is crying. And she bows at Jesus' feet and uses the tears from her eyes to wash Jesus' feet with her hair and then anoints, her, anoints him with expensive perfume. And the Pharisees, uh, especially Simon, he's outraged by this. He can't be a prophet. He would know this is a, an immoral woman and he wouldn't let her touch her. So Jesus, hey, Simon, 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 let me ask you a question. All right, so if somebody owes somebody, say somebody, you owe somebody, or somebody owes you uh, $10, but somebody else owes you $1,000. And you forgive both the debts. Who loves you more? And Simon said, well, I guess the one that was forgiven more. He says, exactly, Simon. She is sinned much. He didn't say she wasn't a great sinner. She has sinned much. But consequently, 
because of her love for me, she has forgiven much. She's experienced, understands being forgiven much so she can love much, worship much. What else is genuine forgiveness? It's relinquishing my right to get even. And this is a tough one for us, isn't it? We want that person to pay even if we forgive them. Uh, Paul wrote this in Romans. Dear friends, never take revenge. How often is never? Never, okay? No, there's no situation, no category. If, it's, if Hitler killed your parents, doesn't matter. No condition. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. That's a good term, righteous anger. You and I can't do that very well. For the scripture says, I will take revenge. I will pay them back, says the Lord. So what is our responsibility in forgiveness? We are to absorb the pain. Does that make sense? I'm not going to use my pain to get back at you or to inflict vengeance or revenge on you. I am to absorb the pain, to take it, to deal with it. Now, I don't know about you, but my response, but that doesn't seem fair. That's unfair, right? Is it? So there's a big difference between <laughs> grace and fairness. So I put on your outline. Justice is fair, or should be fair. Uh, God can be just. We, it's hard for us, but in a court system, hopefully they're fair, they're just in, in, in uh, issuing punishment. But forgiveness is what? Does anybody ever deserve forgiveness? I don't think so. Somebody's hurt me, why would, why would I be, be fair to let them off the hook? So it's completely grace. Now, a couple other questions. Who is better at getting revenge? You or God? Sometimes you and I can't even get revenge. Maybe that person that hurt you is not even around anymore. Either you don't have contact with them, maybe they've died. You, you can't get vengeance. Plus, you, you don't know how to do it very well. You can overdo it or underdo it, so to speak. One other question. Do you really want to be treated fairly? Do you really want what you deserve? Now, we don't want fairness for ourselves. We just want fairness for other people, right? So, true forgiveness is, genuine forgiveness is giving up the right to get even. What else is it? <clears throat> this is where it gets really hard, folks. Let me warn you. <laughs> it's responding to evil with good. Responding to evil with good. You know, there's certain verses in the Bible we ignore. This is one of those verses we ignore. Honestly, most of the time, anyway. This is the words of Jesus. <clears throat> uh, what book is it? Luke. It's in Luke. But to who you, to who, to you who, that's who it is, you who, to you who are willing to listen, I say, love your enemies. Well, that's something I do all the time, right? Do good to those who hate you. Yeah, I go around finding people that hate me so I can do good to them. Bless those who curse you. Yeah, you curse me, bless you, bless you, brother, bless you, sister. Pray for those who hurt you. Like I said, it's kind of one of these verses we ignore most of the time. Because we don't want to do that, do we? <clears throat> so one way you can tell if you've truly forgiven somebody is if you can do this. I like that, especially the last part. 
If I've truly forgiven somebody, I can truly pray for the good of that person. That God will bless that person. Now, I, I, I admit this is tough to do sometimes. When somebody's really hurt me, I don't want to pray for them. I certainly don't want to think their life to go well. <laughs> but that's what God instructs us. Jesus tells us, you and I have to do. Now, one thing that hurts me is this phrase, you've probably heard it. Hurt people hurt people. So we get defensive when we get hurt. So it really helps me to think, well, wait a minute. They're hurting me because they're already hurting. So it helps me to focus on them, helping them get through their hurt rather than to retaliate from my hurt. You say, well, that's impossible. Well, yeah, basically it is. Without God's spirit instilling in us the ability to do that. But that's what we are to do. And we're going to talk about how important it is for our mental health to be able to learn how to do this. Uh, there's a chapter in the Bible that we call the love chapter. 1 Corinthians 13, right? And there's this little phrase in there. Another thing I think that we uh, kind of f- forget is 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5. Love keeps no record of being wrong. Okay? So, <laughs> if I'm remembering these things and I keep bringing them up, that's not the loving thing to do, right? And we're supposed to be loving people. <clears throat> the flip side of this, if I am keeping records of wrongs, what's the opposite of being loving? It's being hateful. I don't know about you, but I don't like to be, think of myself as being hateful. But if I'm keeping a record of wrongs, I am being hateful. What else is genuine forgiveness? Repeating the process as long as necessary. This is something that I had to learn over the years because I didn't quite understand this. My wife would ask me to forgive her and I said, I can't forgive you because I'm still angry. Well, forgiveness and uh, repeating the process are two different things. So one of Jesus' disciples, actually Peter, came to Jesus one day and he said, Hey, Jesus, how many times should I forgive somebody? Now, Jewish law said three times, which is kind of crazy. I thought about this. In marriage, you couldn't get past first the first month of marriage and you'd run out of forgivenesses, right? So that's crazy. But anyway, three times. But Peter said, he's being really generous. He said, okay, seven times, Jesus? That's like more than double what the law requires. And Jesus said, oh yeah, Peter, you're, you, that would be great. <laughs> now let's read, with the, read the verse <clears throat> or passage. Peter came to him and asked, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Seven times? <laughs> no, not seven, Peter. Seventy times seven. I don't know how good his math was, but basically the problem is, the answer is what? There's no limit. It's infinite. Forgiveness has no uh, peak or top. The way I like to understand this is you Keep doing it until the pain stops. So I'm talking about the same incident. Now, repeated incidents is another way to think of this. But I like to think about the same incident. So somebody's done something to me, and I say, oh, I don't even have to tell them. I tell myself, I forgive you. Then five minutes later, I want to kill them. 
Well, what's happened? Well, I, I genuinely forgave them, gave them five minutes, you know, but then the pain persisted. And then, I, so what do I do with that case? God, help me forgive this person. So I forgive it. Hours later, pain comes back. I want to kill him again. What do you do? Forgive them again. So it's a process. And you keep doing it until what? Until you can think about it or think about that person, think about that incident, and the pain is gone. It may take, uh, it may take what, uh, 70 times 7. Uh, 490, is that right? It may take that many times, right? And it's a process. And you continually do it until the pain is gone. Let me just simply say this about forgiveness. Forgiveness isn't easy. It isn't. We shouldn't expect it to be easy. But that doesn't mean we shouldn't do it. So, okay, all right, you're telling me I'm supposed to forgive everybody everything. Why should I do that? Why should I offer grace to others? Let me give you a couple of reasons. <clears throat> We already talked on the, touched on this first one. Because God is gracious to me. Let's read that verse again. It's in Ephesians chapter 4. It's a different translation. I like it because it puts in the word gracious. <laughs> Be kind and compassionate. Graciously forgive one another. Just as God has forgiven you. Through the anointed, our liberating king. And I often say it this way. You will never have to forgive anybody anywhere near as much as God has forgiven you. Uh, per closest person to me is my wife. So my wife had to forgive me the most probably of anybody that she's had to forgive in her lifetime. Right? And that's a long list. <laughs> but even as long as it is, there's nowhere near as much as God has forgiven her because God's forgiven her of everything. So because of God's graces to us. Shouldn't need any other reason. But give me a couple of really good reasons, other reasons. What's the alternative? What's the alternative to not forgiving? Let me ask you that. Well, the alternative is bitterness, resentment, lack of peace, lack of joy. Uh, the alternative is bitterness. Next slide, please. <clears throat> So what's, uh, what's Scripture have to say about this? This is a big deal. Bitterness in your heart and soul and mind. See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God. How do you know if you've fallen short? Because your poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you, corrupting many. And that's the thing about bitterness. <laughs> All right? It's poison to you, but then it's, we spew it out on other people, don't we? I love the uh, concept that resentment is drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. Often you and I have bitterness and the other person is oblivious to it. They don't care they hurt you or they forgot they hurt you or they don't even know they hurt you and you, you and I have this resentment and bitterness inside. It's just eating us alive. It's silly. It's foolish. Bottom line is this. It doesn't work. Does it? Bitterness work? No. It doesn't work. 
And lastly, I believe this is the last. Why offer grace to others? Because God expects you to do it. Now, if you're not a Jesus follower, a lot of this stuff can be helpful to you. But if not, this part you, don't, you can ignore, all right? But most people know the Lord's Prayer. Maybe you've prayed the Lord's Prayer. And every time I hear it prayed or hear it or even read it, I'm amazed because there's a line in that prayer that I don't think most people realize what they're saying. So I put it on, I put it on your outline. This is part of the Lord's Prayer. Forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. Is that really how you want to be forgiven? Really? That's part of that prayer. The reason I thought it's so important is because Jesus finishes the prayer, just one more verse, in our, the way our text reads, and he goes back to this subject. He says, if you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. Oh, that's great. But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. Now, I don't know about you, but that messes with my theology because I believe his forgiveness is unconditional. So what is he talking about here? And if you guys have some thoughts on it, let me know. But here's the way I think about it. You can't receive what you're not, uh, receive what you can't give. If I can't give you love, I can't receive love. If I can't give you forgiveness, I can't receive forgiveness. And so that's pretty serious, right? And so that's why it's included in the prayer. You and I are going to be hurt a lot in our lives. And the older we are, the more hurt we've experienced, right? So the bottom line question is, what are you going to do? What do you do with your hurt? Because this is the last thing I believe on the outline. What you resist is what persists. So if you resist forgiveness, if you hold on to bitterness and resentment, that's what's going to persist. And that's going to define you as a person. And that's what people are going to see in your life. Is that what you want people to see in your life? So the simple bottom line of this is God says to you and I, let it go. No matter how terrible it was, no matter how much you were hurt, let it go. And this is a selfish thing. That's the interesting thing about this. Because this is best for you. For your sake. Let it go. Now I know this is kind of a confusing topic. So what I'd like you to try and do for the next week is to pick one of these areas that I've talked about that maybe you don't agree with me. Or maybe you struggle with. Um, and, and drill down on it. Read some scripture about it. More scripture about it. Search your Bible for it. Pray about it. What can you do to improve your quality, maybe the best word, quality of forgiveness in that area? So, forgiveness. We all need it to be given to us from others, and we need to offer it graciously to others. Let me pray with you. Father God, thank you. We thank you for your forgiveness of us first. But your understanding of the dynamic of forgiveness and unforgiveness and how it affects us and affects other people around us. And God, some of us have experienced tremendous hurt. And we might not even know how to get past it. But we know that you want to heal it. And the only way we can do that is to forgive. Unconditionally forgive. Let it go. And sometimes that seems impossible. And sometimes we struggle with it because the, the hurt comes back. 
So help us understand this is a process that we need to repeat and eventually we will be healed. And when we get to that healing place, God, I pray that we can use it as an opportunity to worship you, to thank you for healing us, but also as a witness to other people. Because the people look at us and say, you know, your spouse left you and hurt you so badly and yet you, you've forgiven him? How do you do that? And he said, by the grace of God. It's only because of God's grace to me that I can forgive that other person. <clears throat> and if you're not a Jesus follower, we want to pray, as always, <clears throat> that you would come to understand that you need God's forgiveness. The things that you've done in your life that hurt other people hurt God. And of course, other things you've done have hurt God disobeying him, ignoring him, whatever it might be. But as amazing as this is, God just wants to forgive you. <laughs> that he, wants, he, he loves you. And if you're willing to confess that sin, say, yes, I'm in need of forgiveness. I accept your son's gift because I can't forgive myself. Only I, you can forgive me through Jesus and accept that gift. You too can be what we say saved, you can be born again, you can be cleansed, you can be forgiven. So Father God, whatever our prayer is this day, we pray that you would answer that prayer for your honor and for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen.